Welcome to Redemption's podcast. This is Corey Ball, lead pastor at Redemption Community Church, found in Kirkwood, Missouri, in the greater St. Louis area. Before we dive into the content, I want to invite you to follow us on Instagram and like us on Facebook to stay current on all things Redemption. You'll find both of these accounts by searching Redemption STL. But more than anything, we hope that this podcast will help inspire and challenge you to take your next steps in following Jesus. If you have any questions about God, Christianity, or redemption, don't hesitate to reach out. You can DM us on our socials or text us at 314-391-4141. And now, without further ado, here is the content you are looking for. Enjoy. Well, welcome, Redemption. So glad you guys are here. Uh, thanks for coming today. Uh, my name is Corey, and I'm the lead pastor here. If I haven't met you, uh, I'd love to meet you after the service. For those of you that are joining online, welcome. So glad you're here again and, uh, and, and joining us. Uh, man, what a year. 2020 uh, was, was hard for so many people, but for those of us who, who, who were here from the beginning and got to launch Redemption Community Church, it was a good year because there are great things that happened during, uh, during that year. Um, in just two days, January 26th will be exactly one year from our launch a year ago. Come on, come on. Yeah, you can get excited about that. Come on. Uh, here, here are some photos from, from that launch, and uh, it was kind of crazy. That, that day was an awesome day. Uh, we had just over 200 people there, and it was, it was an incredible day. Now, listen, if you're going, wait a minute, over 200 people, that's insane. Like, what, what happened? Well, a, a pandemic happened, you know? <laughs> that's what happened, a pandemic. But if, if you were here, just, just know that, or sorry, if you weren't there, rather, just know that it was purely magical. It was, it was an incredible time. And, and here's what we know. We know that the church continues to change, right? Like the, the, the message of the church, the way that the church, um, uh, you know, uh, or, or, or sorry, sorry, yeah, the message of the church, the, the, um, the truth of Jesus, that doesn't change. But what does change is the way that the church interacts with that message, the way that the church gets the message of Jesus to the people in the community, the people who need it most. I love in scripture when Jesus said, I didn't, I didn't come for the healthy, but I came for the sick. And, uh, and so that's our goal, to see people who are far from Christ, come close to Christ. And, uh, and, and so you saw some photos up there. Um, I want to share a couple statistics with you. And, and, and we're going to share each week, we're going to share a couple things just by the numbers. Now, before we even go to this next slide, just know this. The reason that we're doing this is because when we celebrate, and you know this, you're smart. Like, when we celebrate, we celebrate specifically, right? Like, never, never when you were growing up did your dad walk in and go, hey, this year we're going to celebrate family birthdays. And you're like, all right, cool, dad. Uh, like, who's family birthdays? Whoever's, you know, like, whoever's in the family, right? Okay, all right, cool, dad. Like, well, when are we going to celebrate? I don't know, whenever, whenever we want. All throughout the year, how are we going to celebrate? Dad, are we going to get a balloons? We're going to get cakes? What, what, what are we going to do? You know, I don't really know. Maybe socks. I don't know. Like, you know, just, just generally we'll just be celebrating. No, no, no. He's very specific, right? Like everybody has their own day. Right? Like, we're we're going to celebrate those people on their birthday. We're going to give them a cake. We're going to take them to their favorite restaurant. Okay, all these things, right? Okay. So you get it. We're going to be specific. So we want to celebrate the things that God has done faithfully at Redemption. So you'll see on this first slide here, we have 4,320 online church views. We have 167 average weekly attendance. Now, that's online and in person. Typically, uh, in person, uh, recently, the past couple weeks or so, we've been averaging around 60 or just over 60. Uh, but understand this. Online, we, we legitimately do have people every single week that tune in. And we have um, a good number of people that were there on our launch day that are watching right now. Uh, welcome to those of you that have not left and you're here. 
And, um, and I, I wish you could know those people. I wish you, I wish you could talk to them every week. Um, just so you know, the way that we count our online attendance is we take the longest time that someone can watch, which is three minutes. Um, if you look at the analytics, it's like three seconds, 10 seconds, three minutes. We take three minutes, and then uh, we multiply that by 1.5 because typically it's more than one person that's watching. It's uh, typically someone, you know, it's, it's two people, three people, whatever watches. So we do a 1.5 multiplier. And uh, so 167 people on average weekly attendance. Okay, the next slide you'll see, this is just the story of 2020. We had 20 in-person services and 29 digitally only or digital only services. Yeah, I mean, that's, a, that's just a crazy statistic. I, I don't know that we'll ever have a year like that in our lifetime. Uh, I hope not. But, uh, but, but, you know, digital outweighed physical in 2020. And then the last slide you'll see here for this week, and we'll, we'll show you some more in the weeks to come, is that 14 specific classes is what we gave. Um, and then basically out of that, we had 346 registrations. I don't know if we have that slide up there. There we go. Okay, 14 specific classes. And, uh, and now that's not weeks. If you... If you don't know what I'm talking about, we offer classes periodically, and so we'll, we'll offer a class around Easter time to talk about, uh, you know, kind of diving in uh, depth and going deeper with Easter, all right? Now, we have 14 classes. So we had a Christmas class, we had an Easter class, we had a class on prayer, we had a class on finances, all these different things, 14 different ones. And we had 346 specific registrations for those classes. Now, our next class, just so you know, we don't have this up here on the slides, and, but I'm just going to tell you about it. Uh, our next class is an atheist and a Christian walk into a bar is what it's called. And we're going to be looking at uh, some of the biggest arguments from the atheistic camp. And we're going to talk about it from a Christian standpoint. And so if, if two people, yeah, there you go, an atheist and a Christian, if they were, if they were having a conversation, what would that look like? And, uh, and so that's what we're going to be talking about, okay? Uh, that's going to be coming up at the end of February, early March, and you'll, you'll see some information about that. All right, so uh, this past week, I sent this text to our, our staff, and I sent it to our leadership team, uh, this picture of Dubai, we'll put up here. This is uh, a difference between the year 2000 and the year 2020 in Dubai. Look at that. So the top, it's a barren wasteland. It, you can't really tell because the sign uh, where it says Dubai 2000 is blocking out a little bit of it. But basically, there's about two or three skyscrapers and buildings there, and that's it. Underneath, as you can see, it looks like, it looks like a futuristic New York City, you know. That's 20 years. 20 years. And, uh, and this is what I, I sent in that text. I said, you will almost always overestimate what you can do in a short period of time and almost always underestimate what you can do across a long period of faithful, hard work. Redemption will look different today than it does this summer, and it will look even more different around Christmas than it does today. Can you even imagine what it will look like in 2040? I have no clue what God's going to do in this church for the rest of the year. I have no clue. Um, but I'm sitting here in anticipation and not just anticipation, but I, I'm sitting here in prayer. Um, it's kind of crazy. I, uh, I hit 30 um, a couple years ago, and all of a sudden, I, I couldn't make it through the night sleeping. People, people said this would be like the thing, you know, like you're going to hit a certain age, and you're just going to be like, yeah, I can't sleep through the night anymore. Uh, I called them all fools. I didn't listen to any of them. I was like, yeah, whatever. But they were totally right. They were prophets. And, uh, and I remember, um, you know, several nights in a row, I was like, I woke up the night before and the night before that. This is weird. But what I find myself uh, doing these days when I wake up uh, and uh, trying to get back to, to sleep 
is the very first thing that comes to mind and typically the very last thing that leaves my mind before I fall back asleep uh, is you. It's, it's redemption. And, um, and it's in those moments in the middle of the night that I think of uh, how can, uh, not only can I, how can I lead you better and love you more, but how can I lead you to love a community so desperately in need of a Savior more? And uh, so anyway, I, I don't know what's going to happen, but I, I do know that God's going to do incredible things. So I'm glad that you're here along for the ride. And uh, this series is to look at what God has done, but it also is to look at what God is going to do. In 2019, uh, there was a study done by Lifeway, and uh, they were specifically looking at 20 to 30-year-olds. They were looking at the five reasons uh, why they decided to leave the church. Okay, the five reasons. And uh, just so you know, um, I, I put a lot of study into this this past week. I, I looked at, you know, boomers' church trends. I looked at millennials' church trends. I looked at uh, Gen Z's church trends. And then I tried to look up Gen X's church trends. Uh, if you're Gen X, you're like 40 to 50-ish or so right now. Um, and, uh, and so I, I type in Gen X church trends, right? And I go through eight pages of Google results they only talk about millennials and Gen Z and a couple that talk about boomers. I'm like, okay, that's weird. So then I like type in, you know, several different ways trying to find out some Gen X church trends. And guess what? The, the, the generation that is the smallest out of the, 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 the living generations is Gen X. Uh, but also they're the generation that keeps their nose to the grind. They work hard. They, they're pretty silent and they're just resolute in what they want to do. They don't stir up a whole lot of trouble. And, and, and really they're just trying to, you know, to make it to the next day and make the world a better place. They've literally disappeared on the internet. I couldn't find them anywhere. It is the craziest thing. All right. So Gen X, I don't know what the deal is. I don't know how the entire generation disappears, but y'all disappeared. Okay. So uh, this is the 20s and 30s. So this is kind of a mix of Gen Z and millennials. And you'll see the five different reasons there. But I want to point out two of them, two of the reasons, uh, two of the categories. One is church members seem judgmental or hypocritical. Okay. So that was 32%. And then 29% says, I didn't feel connected to people in my church, right? So either judgmental and hypocritical, or I didn't feel connected to people in my church. Now, both of those reasons, really, at the end of the day, come down to how we treat one another, right? It's how we treat each other in the church, the people across the aisle from us. And, um, and really, like, when, when we are treating other people uh, differently than we would want them to treat us, what we're, what we're acting as is we're, we're acting self-righteous. If you've been around redemption for a while, you've probably seen this definition, but the definition of self-righteousness is judging others because they sin differently than we do, right? And the reality is we are all sinners and we're all in need of a Savior, but what happens when we're self-righteous is we judge others because they sin in a different way than we sin. Um, and, uh, and so people people want to be connected. They want to be loved. If I took both of those things about judgmental Christians and hypocritical Christians, or the fact that they didn't feel connected, if I took both of those and we boiled them down, it's talking about love. It's talking about how we love one another or how we don't love one another, right? That's what it's, it's talking about. And, and here's the interesting thing. Um, I think often what happens in a church is we come to church and we wait for someone else to love us, right? Like, let's be honest. Okay, I'm, I'm going to be the first one to put my hand up, but with a show of hands, has anybody done that before? I'm just going to wait for someone else to love me, and I'm not going to love other people. Anybody? 
All right, I'm the only person. That's fine. Okay, so, so listen, I think we've felt this before, right? Like, and this is such a consumer mindset. I'm going to go to church, and I'm just going to wait for people to love me. But here's an interesting thing. Uh, statistics say that if you attend a church three times, <laughs> it's a 90-plus percent chance that you're not leaving that church. It's very interesting. 90-plus percent chance that that is your church for the indefinite future. Now, something may happen a year from then that you decide, hey, you know what, we're going to move on to a different church. But three-plus times, like, that's your church. So as far as I'm concerned, if you've been here four times, like, redemption is your home, okay? So don't wait for other people to love you to say hello, but reach across the aisle. Go, go walk, you know, across the room. Say hello to someone that you haven't said hello to already and make them feel welcome. Love them, right? Love them. And, uh, but when we boil these things down, really what we're looking at is love. How do we love each other? We, two of the biggest reasons that 20s and 30s have left the church is because they didn't feel the love from the church, right? And so uh, this is a big deal. Why is it such a big deal? Because the truth is that God is love. Now, when I say that, I think that a lot of us, we hear that and we're like, that's a happy, slappy gospel, that God is love. Like, man, like that just sounds... So, um, I don't know, like universalist or whatever. That's a happy, slappy gospel. But here's the reality. The reality is it's actually scripture. First John chapter 4, verses 7 through 8 says this. Dear friends, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. But anyone who does not love does not know God for what? God is love. God is love. And so when we are loving each other, we're proving that we are children of God. It sounds familiar because <laughs> this is actually the words of Jesus that we're going to get to in just a second. But here, listen, at Redemption, we believe that God wants us to love other people. I'm going to say it again, and I want the gravity to just sit in the room. At Redemption, we believe that God wants us to love other people. Now, listen, when you first hear that, you're probably thinking this. You're probably thinking, come on, Corey, are you kidding me? That's, that's what you're giving us this week? That's, that's, that's not that deep. Uh, my kindergartner knows this stuff. Like, like they teach that stuff in Sunday school, right? Uh, that's, not, that's not that deep. Come on, Corey. Um, I, love, I love this, uh, this paragraph. This comes from one of my favorite pastors. He, he said this in a sermon one time. He said, uh, this is actually verbatim. I took it from the, from the uh, recording. He said, sometimes people accuse me of not being a deep preacher. And the reason people think I'm not deep is because I'm clear. Because in our culture, we think the more confusing something is, the more intelligent or intellectual it is. So we go to churches and we sit there going, man, that's so deep. Well, it has to be deep because I'm so confused. (laughs) That's confusing. Oh, man, that's deep. He says, so I decided a long time ago, if I'm ever going to get on one of these and if I'm ever going to pick up one of these, I'm going to be clear. That's what he said. Okay, now here are my words. By the way, I echo those words, but here are my words. When we're thinking about deep Christianity, and I want, you, I want you to, like, take inventory of your life and go, wait a minute, like, what does it mean to be spiritually mature, and what does deep Christianity mean? Okay, if we're talking about deep Christianity, understand this. Deep Christianity is not about what is here. It's about these and these. Right? And deep Christianity is not about what you know, but it's about what you do with what you know. It's like the guy who always says, hey, put me in, coach, right? Like, if you put me in, we're going to win state, coach. It's like, come on. Dude, there's a reason that you're not, like, the, you know, starting quarterback, right? Now, we can be that guy all the time, 
Coach, I know the playbook. Coach, I believe that I know what's right. I can do these things. Or we can look to the guy who won us a state championship last year and already put up four, four scores on the, you know, on the board. And, uh, and, and, and we can be that. See, when, when we think of deep Christianity, we've got to go beyond what we know. We've got to go to these. We've got to go to these, right? Okay. Let's go to Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through, through 30. I'm just going to read this because we need to hear this. Because when we say things like, God wants us to love others, we think like, man, that's just so simple. There's got to be more, right? Okay, so Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 through 30, it says, Jesus, he said, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy burdened, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Now listen to this, verse 34, my yoke is easy to bear and the burden I give you is light. If you don't know, the word yoke here means teaching. And we read this a couple weeks ago, but Jesus is saying, the things that I teach you to do, they're not, they're not complicated. They're, they're, you know, it's not a physics lesson. It's not calculus. Uh, you're, you know, it's, it's, uh, it actually was Greek to them because that's what they wrote in. <laughs> but for us, it's not a Greek lesson. It's not a Greek class, you know? It's super simple. It's really simple. So Jesus, he teaches us these really simple things, and today we're going to look at one of his really simple teachings. We're going to go to John chapter 13 together. Um, normally we would go to the table of contents, but uh, um, with the, the early celebration, uh, I want to cut out some time here. We're going to go to John chapter 13, and um, we're going to start reading in verse 31. Now, I just want to give you the context here. Uh, Jesus, he just washed his disciples' feet. They're in the upper room, uh, is, is what it's called. And um, they just washed, or he just washed his disciples' feet. Judas is betraying him, like, right then, okay? The Lord's Supper, right? We, we talk about that, communion. Like, that actually just happened. It's not in the, the Matthew account the same way that we know it. Um, but uh, it just happened. And we're going to pick up uh, with that familiar man's name, Judas, in verse 31. Okay, so John chapter 13, verse 31. As soon as Judas left the room, remember, he's going to betray Jesus. Jesus said, the time has come for the Son of Man, that's how he referred to himself, um, to enter into his glory. And his glory is God the Father's glory. Jesus is saying, hey, listen, like, I'm going to die. That's what I'm doing, right? Okay, uh, and he says, and God will be glorified because of him, because of God the Father. Uh, and, and, and since God receives glory because of the Son, uh, he will give his own glory to the Son, and he will do so at once. Dear children, I will be with you only a little longer. As I told the Jewish leaders, you will search for me, but you can't come where I am going. In verse 34, this is where the, the, the gravity sits in. So now I am giving you a new commandment. Love each other. And so we say things like, man, at Redemption, we believe that God wants us to love each other. Now, where do we get that from? Well, we get it from the very words of Jesus. His new commandment is to love each other. And our temptation is to go, Jesus, that's weak. There's got to be more, right? Like your yoke has to be harder for us to fulfill. It's got to be more difficult. Like aren't you going to give us a physics lesson? And Jesus just says, love each other. But then he says, just as I have loved you, you should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. 
So, at redemption again, we believe that God has called us to love each other. This is the moment, like these are the words that Jesus decides to give to his disciples in the last moment before he's tried before a kangaroo court and, 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 and thrown, thrown away, before he's crucified. Um, his, his last thing is for him to say, love each other. Love each other. Remember, deep Christianity isn't about this. It's not about what you know. Love, I love, I love the DC Talk song from the 90s. If, if you're not a DC Talk fan, I, I, this means you didn't grow up in the church. That's fine. But if you grew up in the church and uh, DC Talk was, was uh, you know, on your, in your cassette player, um, I, think, I think their first album, uh, there was no CD then even. Anyway, um, their song, Love is a Verb. It's, it's action. It's not theoretical. You, you, you can't love somebody just by thinking about them. Just, just today, actually, um, I'm going to call, call out my own, my own uh, miss, um, Megan, who plays keys. She walked in, and I said, hey, I'm really sorry. I didn't follow up with you, but I've been praying for you for the last, like, two weeks. And, uh, and, and here's the reality. Megan doesn't know that I've been praying for her. She doesn't feel that love. Why? Because I didn't text her and say, hey, I've been praying for you for two weeks. Hope you're doing well. I didn't say that, right? See, love is a verb. It's not like we're not, we're not you know, telepathic people, right? And so, uh, so we actually have to do something with our love. So at Redemption, we believe, again, it's not about this, but it's about these and these. Deep Christianity isn't what you know, but it's about what you do with what you know. And Jesus says, love each other. But then he says, just as I have loved you. And that's deep. It's super deep. Because here's the reality. The reality is the love that the world gives, the love that we offer others without Jesus is weak. It's transactional. The love that we get from other people, typically, it's so that they can jockey for position in in status, in power, in wealth. It's all of those things, right? Have you ever been in a friendship or in a relationship and you're wondering, you're like, wait a minute, do they love me for who I really am? Or do they just want me for what I can give them, what I can offer them? And, and see, that's the love of the world. But the love of Jesus is a love that is full of strength. It's a love that, as we talked about on the eve of Christmas Eve, it's present with us. It's a love that's with us. Emmanuel, Jesus, with us. It's a love that is completely selfless. And that's the love of Jesus. And he says that we need to love others just as he has loved us. Now, this is what I love about this statement on love. I love, how many more times can we say love? I love uh, this statement on love because the reality is, for those parents in here who have been parents, would you ever give your child a command that they could not follow and then judge them for failing at that command? No, you wouldn't do that. You'd be the worst parent in the world you would be an evil parent. If you're doing that, stop it. That is evil, okay? Uh, but, but listen, Jesus, he gives us a command as a father to his children. I, I love when he's talking to the disciples, and, and, and he specifically says to them, dear children. Like he's talking to them as a father, and he says to them, dear children, go love each other as I have loved you. And what does this mean? This means that we can love him. The bottom line is, just as he did, we can. Just as God loved others, we can love others that way. Now listen, if you're sitting there going, wait a minute, that does not sound right at all. That sounds heretical. 
Yeah, kind of. But what I'm saying, I'm not saying, I'm not saying you can be perfect. I'm not saying you can love others perfectly. But what I am saying is you can love others with the strength that Jesus loved you. In that manner. You can love others by being present with them. The way that Jesus left heaven and was present with you. You can love others selflessly. Just as Jesus loved you selflessly. But we struggle with those things. Don't we? Man, like, let's just start with strength. How many of us are going, you know what, like, I'm going to love this person until it gets hard, and then I'm kind of out, right? Um, I've been texting with a friend of mine, and uh, his wife has, has left him, and, um, and she's, she's with another guy. And when, I'm, when we're texting about it, I'm like, what's the deal? And he's like, she, she just thought marriage was too hard, you know? There's two sides to every story. But how many of us have friends and family members, they get a divorce, and you go, wait a minute, wait a minute. Like, did you work on it? Did you try hard? And sometimes we do, and other times it's just like deuces. I, it was hard, you know, and I'm kind of weak, and so I'm just out. That's not the love of Jesus. The, the love of Jesus is strong, right? Again, it's not about what we know, but it's about what we do with what we know. And in the moment when it's hard, do we hold on with the strength of Jesus? Um, what about presence? Man, I struggle with this. I struggle with being present with people sometimes. And, and, and more than anyone, unfortunately, I think often it's my wife, you know? Uh, because we get caught up in, in fulfilling a job and a duty and loving other people, and then we come home and, and, uh, and it's like really simple to just check ESPN, you know, and like do the never-ending scroll. Anybody else, or am I just the only person? You can raise your hand with me. I am Corey, and I, I you know, sometimes I fub people. That's, uh, that's snubbing people with your phone, uh, right? We have this fubbing issue. We're on our phones, or we're, we're doing other things. Um, are we present with people? Uh, I struggle with that. And, uh, and then the last thing, selflessly, like so many times at the end of the day, we just want to care for ourselves. I love, I love the, 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 the new movement when it comes to self-help stuff. It's like, hey, take time for self-care. Just care for yourself. You know? and, and, and I get it. Like, don't get me wrong. There, there is time for that. You know, there's time for that. But that's like 99% of the world's teachings. That's not Jesus' teachings. You know? Um, Jesus' love was selfless. And we give ourselves over to these ideologies um, of love that are, that are just really selfish. So are we loving others with the selflessness of Jesus? At redemption, um, I believe that this church, I believe that you love others the way that Jesus has loved you. I believe that you love others with strength. I believe that you love others with presence. And I believe that you love others selflessly. I really, truly believe that. Let me, let me give you a, a couple examples. We had, we had a family here that um, their, their father-in-law, um, uh, or no, it was a stepdad actually, uh, passed away from COVID. And um, people from redemption sent flowers uh, sent texts and um, made phone calls and prayed for people. Um, they rallied around that family. And they rallied around that family with strength, with presence, and uh, with selflessness. And then, um, you know, there was, a, there was another family that uh, had knee surgery. Uh, one of our beloved sisters here, she had knee surgery. And 
I was blown away to find out. Um, by the way, I got the I got the date wrong. I'm really bad with details, and uh, so I thought it was the following day, and uh, and so the, the day of the actual uh, surgery, um, I got a got a text from someone. Hey, sur- surgery went well, and I'm like, oh no, I thought that was tomorrow, and uh, and they said, hey, surgery went well. Um, people are dropping off meals, and uh, and and people were already texting and calling and going to see them and, and care for them. I didn't ask people to do that. Like, y'all just did it. Because you understand how to love others just as Jesus has loved you, right? With strengths, with, with, with strength, with, with, with presence, with selflessness. Because just as he did, we can, you know? Um, and then recently there's, there's a family um, that lost a mentor from COVID. And, um, and, and that person was receiving text messages and prayers. And, um, and, and, and listen, I, I, I have seen this church love others as Jesus has loved us. And that is deep. It's a deep love. It's a love that we're all called to. If we follow Christ, then what that means is we don't love others in the way of the world. We don't love others in a weak way that jockeys for status and power and, and, and wealth and, and all these other things, right? But we love others the way that Jesus has loved us. And the hard thing is, when we say that, we know this, that shortly after this, Jesus lays down his life for us. He goes to the cross for us. And even though we're doing pretty well as a church of loving others the way that Jesus has loved us, I also think that when it comes down to it, uh, if it requires us to give up a Saturday morning, I think at least half of us would struggle with that. (laughs) Jesus is like, hey, love others as I have loved you. Um, Here's my example. I'm going to go die. And we're like, Saturday mornings are hard, man. Like, you know, like to sleep in. Uh, there's a waffle truck down the street and stuff, you know. I'd love to get some fresh produce with my sweetie over at uh, Kirkwood Farmer's Market. I don't know. Uh, donuts are BOGO, you know. And Jesus is going, just as I have loved you. Yeah, but Jesus, just as I have loved you. Because he did, we can. Because because he loved us that way, we can love others that way. But I want these words to echo in your mind and in your hearts. When loving gets tough, just as I have loved you. When when, when we want to give up because we're weak, just as I have loved you. When, when we don't want to be present with the person um, because our phone is more enticing or work yields more value to us, just as I have loved you. When, when we want to be selfish and only care about ourselves, just as I have loved you.